everyone, welcome to today's podcast. We're talking about dealing with stress eating, right? This is so important. This is one of those things that pretty much everyone has to deal with on some level. And so let's get into it. Um, once you, well, let me kind of start off. When it comes to pretty much all emotional eating, but especially stress eating, we don't just want to stop stress eating, right? So if you realize that's a, a problem for you, that you're eating because you're stressed out, you don't want to just try and stop it. Okay. First of all, you're stressed out. You don't have really the energy, mental, emotional, physical energy to deal with it. Cause you're stressed out. Right? There's no energy left. You're just trying to get through your life or whatever you're dealing with. And so there's not extra energy you can just call upon to stop yourself from eating when you're stressed. Do you understand it? It takes energy to stop yourself. Willpower takes energy. So we don't want to just stop it. What we want to do is we want to seek to understand it. Okay. We can understand it quickly, right? It's because you're stressed, but why are you stressed? And we want to be able to understand what is making you stressed. And then we want to move into the solution. And this is the key part because the stress eating is not really the core problem. The core problem is that you are stressed and you don't have a way to reduce that stress, to relax yourself in a way that doesn't involve food. And so once you figure out a way where you can calm yourself down, relieve the stress without food, you're going to find that the eating part of it, the stress eating part fades away. Okay. So we want to focus on relaxing and calming down in a genuine way first. We don't want to just stop stress eating, right? Because in that situation, we just stop eating, uh, but we're still stressed. That's not the goal. We want to be able to relax and calm down and just feel more calm and relaxed within our lives. And when we feel that way, when we feel more calm and centered, present, relaxed, we can manage things much more easily, much more effectively, right? And, and not, we're not even talking about eating here, right? We're just talking about your quality of life, your ability to interface and, and resolve these things that are causing the stress increase, right? So that there's that benefit, which is huge. And on top of that, it's, it's easier to eat better as well, okay? But again, we don't want to just look at us. I got to stop eating. I'm freaking out, but I just got to stop eating. No, that's just adding more stress on, okay? So how do we do this, right? This is one of those things where it's like, it's easy to say what the solution is, right? The solution of saying, okay, you gotta relax more. You gotta just de-stress. Right? Again, it's one of those things conceptually, oh, okay, that sounds so simple, but how do you actually get a handle on the stress? And this becomes something you really need to commit to very much like, I always think of like, if you're stressed, now not, this is coming from someone who I find myself to be a tense person. Um, nervous system wise, I find myself in my life, I've been able to get stressed easily, uh, anxious easily. And I've really dedicated myself the last 30 years to calming down and becoming more relaxed. And so this is a, a lifelong um, process for me. I, I equate it to like brushing my teeth, right? You want to take care of your teeth. You're not just going to brush them really good this tonight, right? So they're clean for good, right? I, I can't do that. It has to become a long-term thing. You think, okay, every day I got to kind of check in with this. And I think it's the same thing when it comes to stress, you need to come up with some strategies, some rituals, some routines that you are going to do consistently, um, daily, ideally, multiple times a week at a minimum. And I don't want that to stress you out because we can make them simple. We don't have to, you know, it doesn't have to be go get a massage or go to an hour long yoga class. It doesn't have to be these plan A perfect type solutions. We really need to have really like a plan B, plan C, real minimum type solution. Because it's the consistency of relaxing and just calming down, 
ideally daily, but multiple times a week at a minimum, that's what's going to make the difference for you. Again, not only in how you feel, you're going to feel a lot better instantly, but of course, this is also going to help you eat better as well. Okay. So how do you relax? There's a million ways to relax, but let's just go through the core basics of it because any strategy you pick is going to have some of these elements. So when you're stressed, it's important to kind of break it down into two factors, right? There's the physiology of stress, right? Because when you're stressed, really any state is a combination of two things, your physiology, what's going on in your body and what's going on in your brain. We always want to start with the physiology. It's the easiest thing to start with. So when you're feeling stressed, what we want to do is we want to go into our body. You want to bring your attention into your body, relax, right? So we kind of do an initial relaxation, shoulders, chest, stomach. Okay. Then we check our posture and our alignment. We don't have to sit perfectly straight, but we got to align ourselves. If we're slouched, if we're out of alignment, we can't truly relax. So we kind of relax a little bit. Then we check our posture, get ourselves aligned. Then we relax deeper. And now we do it a little bit slower. We start with our, we can start with our face, relax the face, relax the shoulders and the neck, relax the chest, relax the stomach. Okay. And now we go into our breathing and we begin to breathe more deeply. Right? We don't have to take a deep breath, but we want to breathe more deeply. And the way I'd suggest that you influence your breathing is you start with the exhale. So you slowly exhale the air out of your lungs. Because, you know, when some people will say, oh, just take a deep breath. Well, if you just try and do the inhale, well, you don't know how much air you have in your lungs. And if you have three quarters air in your lungs, you try and take a deep breath, you get this <laughs> that, that, that anxious feeling, right? And it just creates more stress. So if we always start with the exhale, we exhale the air out and then we relax our body and let the inhale happen naturally. And it doesn't have to be the fullest breath on the planet, right? It's just fuller breaths, slower, deeper, fuller breaths are going to make you feel more relaxed and calm. And so that's the physiology piece, right? Once you practice this, again, if you do this in the morning, at night, in the middle of the day, um, for 30 seconds, a minute, what's going to happen is you're going to feel more calm, grounded, relaxed, and present in the moment, and you're going to relieve some of that stress. The next piece is the mind. Now, this one's a little bit trickier, so I'm not going to go too deep into this right now. But these are the thoughts, what you're focusing on, what you're thinking about, what you're saying to yourself, how you're saying it. <laughs> these are the things that are kind of ramping up the stress. Remember, this physiology and psychology, they're like a, a loop, right? They're, they're both influencing each other. And so we always go into the body first, relax it, calm it down. And then we go into the mind. What am I focusing on? What am I thinking about? And again, we could go deep into this, but I don't go too deep into it. So some of the distinctions you want to make is, am I focusing on the problem? Am I focusing on the solution? You're probably focusing on the problem if you're feeling stressed, right? I'm sure you have things in your life that are stressing you out, but you're focusing on the problem aspect of it. So if you begin to change that narrative after relaxing yourself, you say, okay, I got this stress here. How can I handle this in a more effective way? How do I want this to turn out? How do I want to feel about this? We ask more solution-oriented questions from a calm state, and that tends to bring us down a different path. Now, again, we could go a lot deeper into the psychology, but I'm going to leave you with this because it's easy. So if you practice this every day, just relaxing yourself, just the physiology of being able to relax quickly, and you can get good at it. It's a skill. Understand that. You'll do it initially, and you'll suck at it because you don't, you don't practice it. But as you practice this consistently, you're going to gain the ability to be able to relax at will when you choose to, so that when the stress comes, you'll be able to activate this relaxation response within yourself. And now we bring it back to food. When you can do that intentionally, a lot of times you're going to realize when you bring yourself to a calm place, I don't, I, don't want it, I don't want that. Or even if you do eat the food, you may not eat as much of it. 
okay? So being able to relax yourself and calm down genuinely is one of the most helpful things you can do for the eating part of it, but more importantly, to make yourself feel better, all right? So start thinking about this and really think about committing to this. Pick a time of day when you can dedicate 30 seconds a minute to just practicing relaxation, deeper breathing. Just 30 seconds to a minute at a day is transformative, all right? So I challenge you to do it. Um, so if anyone has any questions, feel free to ask them. I will uh, take a swing at them. We're on a Friday, 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 Friday. What's up, Vicky? This, yep, deal made our angst means I no longer have to reach to food for emotional comfort. Yeah, Vicky is a perfect example of this. <laughs> I, I literally, Vicky, I don't know if I've ever seen a better example of this whole philosophy than you. <laughs> for real, and it really works. Uh, it's so funny. It's so, it's so true. You know, it's like, we always wanted to stop eating, but we, we can't do that. You know, we never, with the diet marketing has gotten us to look at like weight loss so superficially, right? We're just like, we just focus on the calories, just focus on the eating. We're never paying attention to what's going on inside of us. You know, and once we start paying attention to what's happening in here and honor that, um, I think it puts us on a path to, to really resolve a lot of these problems at a core level. Because like I just said, even with, if we just talk about stress eating, and it's the same for all the emotional eating, right? Emotional eating is the same. It's got different flavors, right? There, there's stress eating, there's eating because you're lonely, there's eating because you're mad, there's eating because you're sad. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's different flavors of it. But the thing that's always the same is that you're using the food to change how you feel. And you do that because, well, I mean, there's a natural aspect to it, but we're conditioned to do that in this society. We're really conditioned to use food as our main emotional management strategy. And so we just kind of just do that on autopilot now. Uh, but the problem is that, that that food, it's never satisfying the emotion. It, really what it does in the moment is it's usually more, it's distracting us from the unpleasant emotion we don't like, you know? And so we need to recognize that difference that yes, eating the food when we're stressed, sad, whatever emotional state we're in, it does make us feel better in, in the moment because A, the foods we're eating typically are, are lighting up the pleasure centers in our brain. They're making us feel better. That has a pain relieving property to it. That's part of it. But the other part is it's also distracting us from the thing that's upsetting us typically, right? Because now we're focused on the food. And so it's a short-term temporary, you know, it's a Band-Aid on a gunshot wound. You know what I mean? It's, it's not fixing the core problem. It's really just distracting us from it or, you know, um, giving us a momentary, you know, blip of pleasure for it. And it's not really solving the problem. And a lot of times the eating is making the problem worse, right? So if you're stressed and, and you're, if you're overweight and you're not happy about your weight and you're worried about your health and you're stressed out about other things in life and you go and eat a bunch of ice cream, you feel better for that five, 10 minutes. And then that now, right, you got hours of now, the stress is even worse because they're like, wow, look what I did. Now I made it even worse. And now you're, now you're feeling even worse. So a lot of times the emotional eating is causing whatever emotion we're running away from to ultimately become even worse, you know? So we have to recognize that. Again, with, with weight loss, we got to zoom out. We got to see the bigger picture. The diets always zoom us in and just, just cut the calories, just cut the calories, you know? And it's just like, that's it. And it's like, you've got to realize there's got to be more to it. Right, because you know you should cut calories. You've been trying to cut calories 20, 30 years, hasn't worked. There's got to be more to this story than just cutting calories, right? And it's very easy to see if you, you zoom out and look at your weight loss in a bigger context, right? Get bigger perspective on your weight. What's affecting it? It's not that you don't know what to eat. It's that you get into moods where you don't give a shit what you eat. 
right? <laughs> so it's like the diet, like the diet plan is not where your solution lies. It's in learning how to manage your emotions, how to manage your behaviors effectively. How do I change my behaviors? How do I change how I think about things? That's the path that's going to get the results you're looking for. Not another diet plan. It's not a knowledge problem that you have. Um, Arizona wildflower. How's it going? I stress because I don't know what to eat anymore. Everything is bad for us, so I give up and eat anything. That is fair. That alone stresses me out. That's a very fair thing, and I think that's very intentional. Again, the diets themselves are don't have your best interest at heart. You know, all the diets you're referencing about how you should lose weight are all owned by big food companies. Weight Watchers was owned by Heinz. Jenny Craig was owned by Nestle. Atkins Food Products was owned by the same company that owns Onions, Pretzels, and Cinnabon. Slim Fast was owned by the same company that owns Ben and Jerry's. These companies don't want you to lose weight. They want to get you coming and going, and they want to fill your head with bullshit so you keep eating their food and you buy their diets, and you never get anywhere with it. You know, and so I get that. that that's a real thing. What the hell do I eat? I don't know. Um, I went through this a couple weeks ago. You start seeing like, oh, don't eat, don't eat vegetables. Don't eat plants. Plants got plant defense chemicals. They're carcinogenic. I watched a doctor, a very charismatic, smart looking doctor, doctor say, yo, yeah, I was in medical class and they're talking about the carcinogenic properties of plants. And I said, oh, I should stop. This guy doesn't eat plants. He only eats meat. And I said, Jesus, is, is that true? Is this real? <laughs> what do I do? What do I do? Now you can't eat plants. You know, then you look into it and it's like, yeah, well, that, those properties make you stronger. It's like working out. Yeah, working out rips your muscles, but then the repairing makes them stronger to make you better, you know? But it's like, Jesus, it's like, you're right. I, I get what you're saying, Arizona. I, I get that. It's, it can be hard. Who do you listen to? I always joke. It's like, you know, you thought the information age was going to be like, okay, here's what to do. <laughs> Instead, the information age is like, just take your pick and there's science and studies that will back anything you want to believe, you know? So I, I get that. It it's, can be confusing. What I would suggest is that you start with the high level concept of, of weight loss is that it all comes down to calories. For you to lose weight, you need to reduce your calorie consumption on average, right? So a lot of people will say it as you need to create a caloric deficit. I don't like that framing because that deficit is always referencing your regular calorie consumption where you're at now that has created the higher weight as the norm. And the deficit, it's always framed as it's less than deficit. Right. And so I don't like that personally. I prefer to think of you need to reduce your calorie consumption, your average calorie consumption, period. Okay. That's the, that's the top line that you need to do. You've got to reduce your calorie consumption. Now there's ways to do that. You don't have to just cut foods out. Okay. So again, you want to understand calorie density because different foods have different calorie density. And what that means is, you know, you get a cookie that's this big, it might have 100 calories in it. That's considered very calorie dense compared to a salad that may be this big that has 100 calories in it. You see, so that's a lot less calorie dense. There's less calories per volume in the salad than there is in the cookies. So this is something you want to understand because what makes us feel full and satisfied is not calories only. It's the volume of the food as well. And certainly what's in the food it, it comes into factor as well. But so if you are just eating calorie dense foods, which is pretty much most processed foods, fast foods, these things are very calorie dense. And so you don't have to stop eating a lot of food and feel hungry to lose weight. You need to start shifting to less calorie dense foods because then you're, when you're eating less calorie dense foods, you're eating them and you feel a lot more satisfied because the volume's still big, but the calories are low. So that's the strategic way to reduce calories without feeling hungrier. 
very important. And now we get into what should I eat? How do I figure it out? Well, I will give you my idea. I think what you should focus in on is whole natural foods. Now I'm a vegetarian, a pescatarian. Technically I eat a little bit of fish, um, but I'm primarily a vegetarian. So I believe that plant-based foods, whole plant-based unprocessed foods should be the cornerstone of your diet. Okay. Now, if you want to eat meat, I think that's fine. Make sure it's high quality meat and you don't eat as much of it as you may have thought. Okay. And that diet seems to be the one that stands the test of time. Okay. And so you're not going to see, you know, again, whole plant-based foods, you're not going to see too much negatives against that. Right. And that's kind of a distinction you want to have in your mind is a simple one. Is this food, you know, how many steps from the ground is it? right? You look at anything in a box in a bag that has a list of ingredients, that's a lot further from the ground to get into that bag. And you go to the produce section, right? That, that's a lot closer. <laughs> Picked it, put it in the store. And so the more of those types of foods you can eat, beans, greens, fruits, vegetables, um, whole grains, meat, um, the more you can eat of those types of foods, the better, right? So, so again, that's kind of a general overview, but I hear what you're saying. Um, you know, we can get twisted all around because everyone's saying different stuff, usually in services selling some dumb shit. <laughs> What's up, Bailey? Thank you, Jim. Seriously changed my life. I did hypnosis gratitude today and I was thankful for you. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, someone said that to me. And um, well, so let me just say this to anyone. If you're not in my world, go to my bio, click the link, get the hypnosis session I give you. It's free. Um, watch the training I give you. It's free. Three steps to master your weight and read the emails I send you. I send you emails every day. Today's was a good one, right? It was the advanced gratitude technique. And again, this is a program I used to charge for. I just give it to you now, right? It's a $300 program. I just give it to you. Um, I'm here to help you, right? My mission is to help as many people as possible with their goal weight, but that's awesome. I appreciate you saying that, Jody. And I, I'm grateful for you. I, I really have I really appreciate working with you. I'm glad you've been on the coaching calls. Um, Arizona says, all right, thank you. Good, good, good. Um, something in another language I can't read. Uh, hello, I'm still losing weight with you. Mindful thinking, very pleasant. Very pleased, thank you. That's awesome, Hazel, great job. Yeah, the mindful thinking is is so key, right? It's, it's like, it's always about mindset. Your mindset's the biggest thing impacting your weight. Biggest, biggest thing, you know? Vicky says it's a nutritional value as well. Eat whole, natural, and not refined processed foods. Yeah, exactly. It makes it so much easier. You know, you gotta understand, we don't think of it this way, you know, just like, again, uh, looking at the history of cigarettes will teach you a lot about where we're at with the food industry because the food industry is basically the cigarette industry at this point. No, literally. Nabisco and RJR Reynolds are literally, this, they're merged to the same company. The parent company of Kraft is uh, Philip Morris. You know, they divested from cigarettes, went into the food industry, and they brought the same philosophy to make the most addictive product possible, use the most aggressive marketing possible, and to sit on all the studies that show how bad it is for you. They do that too. <laughs> and so it, in our lifetimes, we're going to have warnings on these foods. Believe it, right? 82% of the population in America, adults, are overweight or obese, right? Right now, weight-related issues are the number one cause of preventable death. So we are on a straight line at some point to have warning labels on processed foods of how dangerous it is. So it's up to you if you want to wait till those labels come out till you start changing how you eat them or wait 10, 20 more years until the labels are there. And then say, oh, I didn't know. Well, you heard it here first. <laughs> you know, they're really bad. Again, and it's fine to eat them sometimes, okay? So I'm not a purist. Christ, I watched a guy who I really like and he, what did he say? He called himself a... Um, I don't even want to say his names. I don't, I don't want to say anything bad because I like him. I think he's great, but I think he goes too far like most diets do. It's always this all or nothing thing, but he called himself a nutritarian, right? So it's all about nutrients. And I said, shit, that's great. I'm gonna call myself a nutritarian. And I watch him go in the three and he's like describing what a nutritarian is. And he's like, they don't need any empty calories. 
And I'm like, none? Zero? Oh, I guess I'm not going to be that. But it's like, good Lord. It's like, it's always so like, it's just so rigid, these definitions. So my goal is I, again, we have in Program Yourself, then we have a 5-2 model, five days of clean eating, two days of pleasure eating. The five days of clean eating, I'm looking to make my meals as nourishing and healthy and nutrient dense and variety as possible. But then I got the pleasure eating and I eat the foods that are more the more palatable, right? They're more pleasurable. Um, it's not so much about the nutrition on those meals. And for me, that's a nice balance. I like both of them. And I feel like I'm able to get the weight I want, the health I want, and I enjoy food, you know? And so I think you have to figure out a balance for it. But this all or nothing approach, man, drives me crazy. So anyways, Donna says your hypnosis helped me a lot. Thank you. You're welcome, Donna. That's awesome. Yeah, everyone, listen, get the hypnosis session. It's... <laughs> free. I don't, I don't know what I can do to people. I was trying to like, it can't be any easier. If you've never done hypnosis before, it's nothing weird. You, you're in, you go into hypnosis all the time. It, it's not a weird feeling when you go into hypnosis. It's not like, oh my God, what is this? You go into hypnosis every time you watch a movie or a TV show, you're in a state of hypnosis. All hypnosis is, is being relaxed and using your imagination more than your logical mind right? And that's what you're doing when you're watching TV and movies, right? You're not sitting in the movie like, this isn't even real. It's just light on a screen and it's just sound coming out of speakers. None of this is real, everyone. This could, this isn't happening. They're just actors. They're just reading a script. None of that, That's not real. That was just CGI. That's not real, right? You're not doing that. What are you doing? You're like, uh, and you're just, you're just imagining you're in the scenario. And what are you doing? You're getting feelings from that, right? You watch a comedy, you're laughing. You watch a drama, you're sad. You watch a horror movie, you're nervous. Because when you use your imagination, you get real physiological effects. So hypnosis is amazingly powerful uh, in, in helping you learn how to influence how you feel. And it's not a weird thing. It's like you, you can't not go into hypnosis. Every human on the planet goes into hypnosis multiple times every single day. It, it's a completely normal thing. And so um, if you've never experienced hypnosis, or you've never experienced my hypnosis, go check it out. You know, one of the highest paid hypnotists on the planet. <laughs> you might want to go to check it out. Do you have anything on quitting smoking? Um, if you go, I don't know, I wish you could search in like TikTok. I should put these on YouTube. I'm starting to kind of, I'm re-switching things up a little bit because I'm going to actually, my YouTube channel is Jim Katsoulis and I'm going to, I have a program yourself then YouTube channel. I'm going to start using that for the program yourself then material and start putting more hypnosis, personal development based stuff on the Jim Katsoulis one. And I say that to you because I have a couple smoking session videos I did for TikTok and I'm trying to think like how you can find them. They're like over the last year. So I, I do have some, um, but I don't, I don't, um, I, I worked a bit with smoking back in the early days of my hypnosis career, um, but I don't do so much now. But I will tell you, one of my favorite books of all time is The Easy Way um, by Alan Carr. I'm a huge fan of his work. I think it's really good. And I would check that out at least and then go search for my videos. It sucks. You got to scroll through for 10 hours to find it probably. But I've got like three or four smoking videos up. And um, yeah, I should put those up on YouTube because then you can search for them and it's way easier. So I'll keep that in mind at some point. Well, are you an air sign? <clears throat> I don't know. Am I? What's a Libra? I don't know what a Libra is. Um, I don't really, I don't know the signs too much. I restarted after eight years, stress and boredom related. Yep, 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 yep. You get get a handle on that one, man. It is, you know, I'm fascinated by cigarettes. Libra's the balance. I could see that. I, I know that, right, the, the scales. And I don't know a whole lot about, like, astrological signs. But uh, I will say, like, I am absolutely that way 
it, it's hard because I, I have a hard time making decisions because I can always kind of see both sides, you know? So I'm kind of an indecisive person um, sometimes. It's good. Everything's good and bad. But So I would say that that, that part is accurate. Um, okay, yeah, yeah. Shell says, I used that book to quit smoking in 2021. Great success. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, and yeah, Arizona, listen. Yeah, get, get started on that. The, the smoking thing. I'm I'm fascinated by cigarettes in the cigarette industry because to me that is, the, if you understand cigarettes, you'll understand where we're at with the food industry. Okay, and what what do the cigarette companies do? I always joke like if I went back a hundred years ago in a time machine and I saw someone smoking, hey, don't do that, you're gonna get lung cancer. They'd look at me like I was crazy because no one linked those two things up. It really. It wasn't until like the 70s that the studies even started to get out. And then it wasn't until they really started mass marketing campaigns of educating people how damaging cigarettes were. But we didn't intuitively realize how bad they were. And now we're learning, holy shit, they are really bad. You know, second to like kind of alcohol and hard drugs and, and all the negative effects it has on your body. And I know you know this to some degree. And I know no one wants to hear about the bad things that are happening to their body. It's scary. You feel like you can't stop. But it is that important. It, it is that important. How it affects, because they're learning more and more all the time about just how systematically harmful it is. And so while it's a new re, restarted habit and it hasn't kind of sunk its teeth into you too badly, um, now's the time to go at it. It is that important. Okay. And I get it. Stress and boredom related. I understand it, You know, the food, the food and the cigarettes are very similar in the sense that they're, they're usually triggered by these emotional problem you know these emotional issues of being bored or being stressed out and we use this you know as a way to deal with it um but it doesn't help you know because again right now even me talking like this is creating more stress you know there's more stress with the cigarettes um you know it's a trick it's a trick um but again that that's uh get, get focused on that um Libra is the balance. I used that book to quit smoking. I'm a Libra. Okay, you're a Libra too, right? All right. I'm also an air sign and I see a bit of myself in you. All right. Um, so wait, so, so oh, I'm an air sign. What is, is an air sign a Libra? I, I, what, I, what I know, I know like Pisces is a water sign. <laughs> what is there? Is there like what? Water, fire, air, earth? Would those be four astrological signs? I, I don't know. I, I don't know. What are scales, right? That's how I know it. I know, like, there's Scorpio. What would that be? I don't even know what that would be. I know what the fish is. <laughs> but uh, I don't know them all. I know people are into that, but it's like, you know, hey, listen, you know, whatever. Whatever helps you kind of, like, make sense of the world. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm all for. Um, I think of everything as hypnosis, you know? So it's like, I think it's interesting. Uh, yeah. What's up, Astrid? How's it going? Astrid, one of my favorite people in the program. Doing great. Um, I was thinking about you today, Astrid. Because it's funny, like, I, I, I that's my favorite. I have loved that. I, I've been doing, um, uh, yeah, I have fun tonight. Are you have any, any social plans tonight, Astrid? Because we didn't talk about that. You know, we didn't, uh, I know that you had last Friday, and I, so I didn't know when the next one was set up. And... If it's not set up, notice that if you feel more lonely, you know, so, so, okay, not tonight. So notice, notice how that impacts you. You see, we, we always get to do like cause and effect. I find this fascinating. A lot of times we get, well, I, I, what do I say? Love your personality and able to go into hypnosis because I trust you. That's important to me. Yeah, that's very, very important. That's so true. So much of hypnosis is rapport. 
You know, that's an enormous part of really hypnosis. Absolutely. You, you have got to uh, have rapport with whoever is going to try and hypnotize you. Okay. Because all hypnosis is, is just relaxation. It, there, there's really no, you know, there's no trickery with hypnosis. There really is not. Um, it's just a way to communicate with your mind in a different way. Uh, and, um, but yeah, if you're going to be with someone and you're going to let someone guide you into hypnosis, you need to trust them and you need to probably like them. You need to trust them at least. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that, that, that is important. And certainly for coaching, I find coaching rapport is the most important thing, you know, because if you don't trust someone, you don't, you don't like them, you're not going to open up. You know what I mean? And, and so I always say that to people, like the more open someone is like when I'm coaching them, the more open you are, the better the work we're going to do is, you know, because the quicker we'll move right through things. Um, the, you know, the, the less open you are, you know, the slower it all goes. So uh, that, that's kind of important. Um, but yeah, Astrid, notice, notice tonight, notice how that impacts you. Um, yeah, cause and effect. Let me talk about that real quick. Because we live in a world of cause and effect, right? And so when it comes to weight loss, your weight is an effect, okay? What that means is you can't, you can't lose weight. There's no such thing as losing weight, technically. This is actually this is a really important conversation here, okay? There's, there's literally, you can't lose weight, short of like maybe chopping a leg off, right? That's kind of the joke, but that's literally, you, you can't lose weight. There's no such thing as losing weight, like as, as a verb. You know, again, short of literally chopping a limb off. What you can do is you can eat better, you can make healthier lifestyle choices, start living healthier. And through some time and through some magical process, it turns into weight loss. Do you understand? But the change in eating, the change in lifestyle is the cause and the weight loss is the effect. So another way to frame this is that your weight is a reflection, like a mirror. It's a reflection of what you're typically doing, okay? And so people get really upset because they get fixated on the effect. They get fixated on the weight loss piece and they don't focus that energy on what's causing it, right? And so in, in progress health, then we use the, the words process and outcome, cause, effect. And so you have been conditioned by the diet industry, the weight loss industry, to fixate on the outcome. And you don't give a shit about the process, right? Because I can feel like, oh, what about water fasting? What about 30 hour fast? So, you know, all this extreme stuff which I don't care about the process. I just want the outcome I want. And we all have been conditioned to just focus on the outcome piece. And this is really harmful because we can't, you can't change the outcome piece. It's like if you're looking in the mirror and you're getting pissed at because the, the reflection looks the way it does. Well, you can't get mad at the reflection. You got to pay attention to the thing that's being reflected. And your weight is reflecting your habitual eating and lifestyle patterns and habits. And so if we fixate on, why can't I lose weight? Why can't I lose weight? Why can't I lose weight? It's the wrong focus. You've got to switch that focus over to here. How can I eat better? How can I get myself to eat healthier? How can I live healthier? When that switch happens, it, it's profound. Because again, th this is just a reflection. You can't change it. It's just reflecting what's already happened. It, it, it lags, by the way. So here's another way to look at it, right? Some other words. In, in business, we call this a leading and a lagging indicator. Okay. And so, um, you know, like, like say, say I got a sales, well, no, let's just stick with weight loss. The, the weight loss is a lagging indicator, right? It's like you, you start right today, you start eating less calories and you start living healthier. 
now, that's the leading indicator. And so you can say, oh, look at me. I had, you know, I ate a salad today. I had all this natural, healthy food I put in my body. I didn't eat the ice cream, I didn't eat the cookies. I ate a lot of good stuff. Great. Um, I went for a walk. I drank my water. I got some sleep. Great. You can look at those now and know you did those. However, it's going to be some time until the lagging indicator shows up, which is a scale going down. Okay? So we don't really want to focus on this part because this part's relying on this part here. We want to put most of our energy into this part, into the leading indicators. This was a profound, I didn't have these words to describe it when I did it, but I intuitively, this was one of the biggest, I knew it was big too, but it's because I, Program Yourself then is built on, I started studying neurolinguistic programming, which is really the science of modeling. Um, you find people that are getting the results you want, find out how they did it, then do that, right? It's, it's kind of simple in that way. Um, deceptively simple. And so I began finding people that had lost weight and kept it off for at least two years. And I began talking to them and I asked them what they did and how they did it. Not just what they did, not just what they ate, now they exercised. I asked them what they thought about, how they, what changed them, how they changed how they thought about food themselves, health, their weight, all of these questions, these deeper questions. And that's when I started to realize they weren't really focused on the weight piece anymore. They were much more focused on the lifestyle and the eating pieces of it, the health pieces of it. And that was very important to me. So when I started, I was 50 pounds heavier. When I started losing weight, I wasn't really focused on the weight piece. I was obsessed with the process piece. I was like, if I can get myself to do this, do this, do this, do this. And at the end of the night, I would kind of give myself a little scorecard. How do I do today on these things? And a lot of my motivation wasn't based on the scale going down only. That was a part of it. The bigger motivation that was happening in more real time was how did I do today? How did I eat for breakfast? How did I eat for lunch? You know, I was, I was paying attention to what I was doing. And if I, if I did the right stuff, I felt really good. If I didn't do the right stuff, I was working on fixing that. And, and a, most of my focus was on that and continues to be. And I knew in my mind, I said, I know if I do the right things over here, I know, I have faith. I believe that my weight is going to come down. I, I believe it all, wholeheartedly. And if it doesn't come down, then I will just tweak it and optimize it but I know it's going to, and it did. You know, I know if I stop eating at night, if I stop, you know, I was eating, I was snacked at night. If I stop eating five to 700 calories every night, I'm going to lose weight. <laughs> I know it's going to happen. And so I, then I put all my energy into that, into focusing on the behavior, because I know the reflection is going to reflect what's happening regularly. I hope you get this, because this is like, it's subtle, but it's so profound, because what's happening to you is you're just focusing on the outcome and you're losing your sense of power. Right, because you're starting to feel like I don't know what to do. I can't change my weight. My weight won't go down. Holy shit! Why do I weigh this? I can't do it. I can't do it. You know, and you're just fixated on the outcome. But if you took all that energy and put it onto what you're doing day in and day out, and that became your main focus, because think about it, right, it's like you step on this. You're like, oh, it's doing good, and then you step on the scale, and it didn't go down or didn't go as much as you want. Now you feel completely devastated because that's the only measurement tool you got. That's the only thing you're measuring, right? For me, it was the opposite. I was putting all my measurements. What did I do today? How'd I do this week? And it wasn't a judgment. It wasn't like I wasn't beating myself up. It was like, that's what I was measuring. I want to get better at these things. I could show you, I don't know if I have it, but my old, I should get it sometime. I'm not going to do it now, but I had a notebook and I would track, like I would track all these different habits and things I was doing. And like, like I don't know, it was water, sleep, how much coffee I was drinking. I was tracking a lot of stuff. And so that was my scorecard. You see, you probably don't have that. Your only scorecard is the scale once a week. You know what I mean? And so that's a horrible scorecard anyways. <laughs> anyways, um, I hope that helps anyone. Listen to the audio for the first time yesterday and I've been reading the emails. Great job, Morgan. Yeah, that's awesome. The emails will help you out. Again, it's just, it's the consistency of having a different way to think about all this is going to be very helpful to you. Because um, we don't accept hate and reject that part of us that binge eat. Yeah, absolutely, Cindy. For sure we do. Um, and I always say that, like, 
it's with your bad behaviors, your bad behaviors, you know, you're so mad at those bad behaviors, so mad at yourself for doing those things. I wish you could let that go and instead seek to understand those behaviors. You know, stop judging yourself and beating yourself up about them and understand them. You don't want to binge eat. You don't eat the wrong shit. You don't want to overeat. So why is it happening? Well, you're getting yourself too hungry. You don't have a good strategy. You're getting too emotional. You don't know how to deal with the emotions. There's reasons. You know, I like to say there's reasons and excuses. Not everything's an excuse, right? It's not like, because in my program, listen, if you're watching me now, you're an overthinker, right? Everyone in my program is an overthinker. And most of us are perfectionists or at least recovering. And um, it's always like, we're always just beating ourselves up about what we did or didn't do. But that, you know, oh, everything's an excuse. I should have done it right. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? There are actually, no, that not everything's an excuse. Sometimes there's reasons. There's reasons why you're doing what you're doing. And no, it's just an excuse. I just gotta, I just gotta stop myself from doing it. Okay, have fun with that. But me, I'd rather seek to understand why I'm doing the things I don't wanna do. I don't wanna overeat. I don't wanna eat the wrong shit. So when I do it, what's going on there? Oh, I got way too hungry. I didn't eat lunch. Oh, I got really upset because I got in a fight with someone and then I didn't give a shit. Oh, um, I, you know what I mean? I didn't have any other alternatives on my mind. You know what I mean? There, there's reasons, man. And once you understand the reasons, um, once you understand the reasons, then you can come up with elegant solutions to whatever it is. And you're not in that ballpark. You're just trying to use willpower to stop yourself from doing stuff, fighting against yourself, always trying to repress yourself. This is what weight loss feels like to you. Willpower and all your all your automated behaviors and your habits and your cravings and all, everything that you do automatically that's kept you overweight. Well, when diet time comes, it's your, now here's the willpower and it's just, come on, stop it. No, no, we're not eating the ice cream. We're not gonna eat the cookie. It just feels like that the whole time. How long do you keep that up for? Well, you got the answer to that. The years of failed attempts leaves a person hopeless. Oh, absolutely, Cindy. Absolutely. Um, that's so true. You're, you know, most people that are trying to lose weight are apathetic now. You know, this is what I try to tell you. But it's because you've been trying to diet. That's what you've been doing. You've been dieting. And I don't give a shit. It doesn't matter what diet it is. Literally, any diet you give me, any diet suggestion, tell any diet you want to tell me, they're all the same. They're all the same in the sense that they're just telling you what to do. It's always like, oh, this is this is the perfect systematic scientific plan to lose weight the fastest. Who gives a shit? Who gives a shit? Because what are you going to do? Get that plan and then what? Then you got to force yourself to do it. That's the problem. The problem is that you don't know what you should and shouldn't eat. The problem is you don't know how to get yourself to eat the right way consistently. That's the problem. And so, yeah, you feel you feel like a failure. You feel like, I don't know what to do anymore. Well, you don't know what to do anymore because you just keep looking at the diets as the answer. You've got to look at a deeper, a deeper, more comprehensive response to changing your weight. Knowing me giving you a meal plan is never going to help you accomplish the goals and the results you want. You need to have a more robust, comprehensive approach to doing this, you know, and then it feels different. Now it's a different path. Well, let me get in Cindy. Let me make it one more clear way for you. Just let me make it real simple. Most of you are focused on losing weight. That's your goal. I just want to lose weight. That's your mantra. I just want to lose weight. I just want to lose weight. You say it a thousand times a day for the last 30 years. I just want to lose weight. I just want to lose weight. No, you fucking don't. <laughs> you don't just want to lose the weight. You don't because you've lost weight and then put it back on. Do you love that you lost the weight? Are you thrilled about that? You're celebrating that every day. Oh, I lost five, five years ago. I lost 40 pounds, put it all back on, but I lost it. It was amazing. It's great. I'm so glad I did that. No, that's not how you feel about it. You're mad at yourself that you put the weight back on. So wanting to lose weight is not the goal. The goal is that you want to get to your goal weight 
and you want to live the rest of your life at your goal weight, hold on, on near autopilot. That's the goal. You ought to write that down because these are two completely different paths we're talking about. When all you do is focus on losing weight, you just choose unsustainable, ridiculous shit to lose weight quickly. And it doesn't last, right? Why are you here listening to me? <laughs> if, if it worked, go do it. It doesn't work. You know what I mean? That's not the goal. The goal is not to lose weight. The goal is to live at your goal weight for the rest of your life on near autopilot. On near autopilot. You don't be fucking dieting for the rest of your life, counting calories, never eating a carb, not eating for 30 hours twice a week. Is that what you want? Is that how you want to live your life for real? Yeah, Jim. Okay, then, then why aren't you doing it? So why not make part of your criterion, part of the process? I want to get to my goal weight and I want to do it in a way that's I can live there on near autopilot. Well, I never thought of that. I don't know how to do it, Jim. Well, so what? You never, you've never asked about that. You know, you've never played the piano. You don't play the piano either. It's not, it's not a mystery. You can still learn it. Just because you haven't doesn't mean you can't. <laughs> you know, I want to live at my goal weight for the rest of my life. What's up, Don? TGIF. I love to see that. I love to see Friday. I love to see you here. Um, what if you start asking the question, how can I lose weight easily? How can I lose it enjoyably? How can I make this process fun? How can I make it so it's automatic? That question brought me to where I'm at now. That question brought me to say, oh, hypnosis. Oh, subconscious mind. Oh, there's a part of our mind that handles all our habitual thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. Huh? Oh, oh, that's the part that's running all my bad habits. Oh, oh, I can program in new behaviors that keep me at my goal weight. And I don't have to think about them. What? Oh, I didn't know that was possible. <laughs> right? Instead of just always fighting against myself, that's the answer. Forever fight against myself because that's what you think. That's why you don't want to do it. That's why you're apathetic. That's why you feel discouraged, you know? So it starts by setting that goal, the proper goal, that, that weight loss is a shitty goal. It's a shitty, impoverished goal. It's, it is, you know? So we need to upgrade the goal. That's the first step. And the goal is that you don't just want to lose weight. Um, you want to you want to live at your goal weight and you want to live there on near autopilot. Upgrade your goal. Um, you know, your brain is a servo mechanism, your subconscious mind. Uh, your subconscious mind is a servo, servo mechanism. It, it answers and does the questions that you ask of it. And if you're always saying to it, I just want to lose weight, I just want to lose weight, then your mind focuses you on stupid diets that'll make you lose weight quickly for a short time. And when you start asking questions like, I want to live at my goal weight for the rest of my life on near autopilot, well, your brain starts working on that and it starts finding solutions. Oh, no, Jim, that's not possible. The fuck it isn't. The, <laughs> yes, it is. I'll, I'll see it happen all the time. You know, you're just not asking the right question. So once you upgrade your questions and your goals, you upgrade everything, everything, you know? Um, I listened to the November meditation. Thank you. Oh, yeah, great, great. Yeah, listen to that. That's a good one. Um, I told my daughter since she was a baby, she was a genius. She has always believed and achieved. Yeah. When someone believes something, that's what they become. Well, there you go. Exactly. So that's exactly what I'm talking about here. When you start to realize not only can you lo lose weight, that's like saying, that's like saying like uh, you're, you're in debt and not making any money. And you're like, I just want to be out of debt. I just want to be out of debt. Really? That's it? That's all you want? You just want to be out of debt and then just not make, have any money? I guess it's better in a sense but it's just going to put you back in debt at some point. You know, why not say, I want to make a lot of money so I can be out of debt and have an abundance of cash, right? I mean, one is a, a higher level goal. 
why wouldn't you set a higher level goal for yourself? Plus, isn't it accurate? Right? What would you rather have? Would you want to lose weight again and then struggle? Because people never know this until they're losing weight and they're approaching their goal weight. But it's like, just because you've lost weight doesn't mean um, everything's magical. Because I, I talk to the people that are get, approaching their goal weight and they're usually freaking out. Why? Because most people have two mindsets. Tell me if this sounds familiar. You got your overweight mindset, right? It keeps you overweight. You just kind of naturally automatically do that. And then you got your dieting mindset. And you just keep flip-flopping between them. You go from overweight mindset to diet mindset. Overweight mindset, diet mindset. Overweight mind. And then the worst thing is you diet yourself right down to your goal weight. Oh, shit. What do I do now? I still only got two mindsets. I can't keep dieting. Oh, no. I don't want to go back to the way I used to think. Oh, I don't know what to do. Now, what most people do is put the weight back up and then lose it. Dieter mindset. Back to overweight. Dieter. Overweight. You need to create a thin and healthy mindset. You need to start changing the way you think about food, yourself, your health, your happiness, your life. All these things. I did not go out of bed when I was awake, but did not beat myself up. Yeah, that's great, Astrid. Good, good, good. That's great. And you'll do it. Again, it's not about... I'm so happy to hear you say that, Astrid, because it's not about forcing ourselves to do things. It's really way more helpful to be aware of what's going on. That is going to serve you better than anything else. Good job. You fixed it. Recovering perfectionist. <laughs> Vicky's a recovering perfectionist. For real now, you know, you know, Vicky, remember you came in and you were like, I remember, I'll always remember this, that you came into like one of the first group calls and you're like, I'm I'm not a perfectionist anymore. Something to that effect, right? It was so funny. But now I would say, now you absolutely, I certify you <laughs> for whatever that's worth. I officially certify you as a recovering perfectionist officially. <laughs> uh, Texas USA. Hi from Texas. How's it going? Uh, I see the Texas Rangers just won the, the World Series. I don't know. Is that exciting down in Texas? Texas big in baseball. I know they're big in football. Is, is baseball big? I know it must be. They like all the sports, right? Everyone likes all the sports. I've been off all refined flour, sugar, junk substances, haven't binged in 24 days. Wow. Congratulations, Cindy. That's great. That's great. But again, listen, and I'm, I'm just saying this, right? I, I Great job. Okay. But also watch out, right? We got this all or nothing mindset when it comes to dieting. Always all or nothing. And it's just like what I was just saying, right? Because what was I just saying? Overweight mindset, diet mindset, whatever. It doesn't have to be diet. Um, it's all or nothing, right? Nothing mindset is just what we're typically doing that keeps us overweight. And then there's the all thing. There's an extreme thing we're going to do to fix everything all at once. Um, and, you know, again, I, I'm glad you haven't been for 24 days. But every time I hear a number, I know there's some internal counting clock going on. Because a lot of times people approach dieting, positive, healthy changes like it's an endurance test. Right. Like, you know, an endurance test, they put people on like a treadmill and just see how long they can go for. And um, there's no beating the test. There's just to see how long you can go on it. And so when I hear the numbers, you know, a lot of times that implies that there's some countdown going, you know, that you haven't internalized it. This isn't who you are now. You know, you're just the overweight person who's acting this way. Don't take this the wrong way. Again, I'm, I'm supporting. I want you to do this, but you've got to recognize this dynamic, this this thing going on, because I don't know, 80 to 95 percent of people that lose weight, put it back on. So, so we've got to prepare ourselves for how to do this long term. OK, um, but great job. OK, but also think so most people are all or nothing. Start thinking in your mind that you can be all or something at some point. If you can stay all forever, congratulations, great job. But if you feel yourself ever getting wobbly, understand that it doesn't have to go down to nothing. Um, it doesn't have to be either zero flour, zero sugar, zero junk substances, zero, zero binging. And then all of a sudden you have like a cookie and everything falls apart, right? It's literally, it's called the counter-regulatory effect or the what the hell effect. 
And so we want to be careful of that, okay? And it's a mindset thing um, that we get into this all or nothing mode. So again, in, in program yourself, then we, we practice uh, all or something mode, okay? But anyways, great job. You, you stick with what you're in right now for you. Um, hi, I'm new here. Can you tell me more about hypnosis? Uh, yeah, sure. Hypnosis is really... To me, it's more of a concept than it is a technique or process you use, okay? So what I mean by that is that, to me, the most valuable part of hypnosis is the is how it explains the mind. I think it's the most practical understanding of the mind that I know of, okay? And when I say practical, everything I do is really, practicality is the main focus for me. You know, there's great, listen, any, any strategy, diet strategies, like, can be perfect but if you can't do it it's not right who gives a shit so hypnosis to me breaks up the mind as a conscious mind a subconscious mind the conscious part of your mind is your prefrontal cortex anatomically it's about 10 percent of your brain and that is the part of your brain that is logical and rational it's the part of you that knows why you should lose weight what you should do to lose weight um it's the part that tries to get you to do it that's where your willpower is and the rest of your brain is the subconscious mind and this is the part of your brain that runs all your habitual thoughts feelings and behaviors and so when you think about why you're struggling with your weight, it is because your automated behaviors, especially your, your eating behaviors, your lifestyle behaviors, um, your thinking patterns, these are all automated. They're all just automatic. You eat the same foods week to week. Um, you eat at the same times and the same quantities. And that keeps you at your overweight level, okay? Without you having to try. You're not trying to be overweight. Just you are stuck there. It feels that, right? And so when you go on a diet, what you've been trying to do is you're trying to consciously with your willpower control all your automated behaviors. And that doesn't work well. Your brain is not designed for that, okay? Um, to give you an example of what weight, why weight loss is really hard, it's not because we're giving up good foods. That, that's really not the main problem. The main problem is you're trying to consciously do things that are meant to be automated. And to get an example of this feeling in a more finite way is... Uh, tonight when you go brush your teeth, brush your teeth with your other hand, okay? And you'll get a sense of that. You can do it, but it takes lots of thought and energy, right? It's no longer just this automated thing you do where you can kind of daydream and think about stuff. It's now something you have to think about. And you'll quickly realize, quickly, within 10, 30 seconds, you will be annoyed. You'll be irritated. It's annoying because it's usually something you just do on autopilot and now you're trying to consciously control it. And it gets frustrating. And so you, when we come to dieting, it's like that times 100, right? Literally, it's estimated we make over 200 food decisions a day. And so you start your diet and you're expecting to make 200 decisions perfectly every day. It's overwhelming. I mean, when you start your diet, you're already overwhelmed, right? I always joke, I mean, are you the only person on the planet, or at least in America, that has an abundance of time, an abundance of energy, an abundance of focus? <laughs> <laughs> Give me a break, man, right? We're, we're all kind of like up to here, right? Let, let's be honest. And so you're already kind of depleted and kind of wiped out. And now what are you going to do? You're going to stack on top of it this really energy intensive process of trying to micromanage every food decision you're going to make starting tomorrow on Monday all the way till six months, a year from now when you get to your goal weight. Bullshit. That, that sounds like the worst strategy on the planet to me. So what's the hypnosis say? Again, this is the philosophy piece of it. The philosophy says what we're going to do is we're going to use our conscious mind to program in new behaviors into our subconscious mind so that we automatically eat and live in a way that keeps us at our goal weight, right? It's that, that's the plan. Because again, your, your current eating behaviors are automated, 
right? You, you, I don't know what your worst eating habit is. It's probably snacking at night. It's just an automatic thing. You don't have to remember it. You're not like, oh yeah, it's not gonna make sure you don't have a little timer on your phone. Oh yeah, at eight o'clock, I gotta remind myself to eat some ice cream. Right. It's funny. I had, um, we were doing a coaching call yesterday and one of uh, the people was saying, I, uh, she loves candy corns. I know. Right. <laughs> so she loves candy corns. And so she got some candy corns and she goes, I left half of them in my car and I hope I'd forget about them. I was like, you are never going to forget about those candy corns. Right. It's funny like that. You're not going to forget about your, your ice cream, your cookies eating at night. You're never going to forget about that. It's an automated behavior. And so what you have to do is, is again, you can either go about it and try and fight against it forever, or you can install in new behaviors that run on autopilot and you set yourself up. I sit in front of you as someone who's dropped 50 pounds and kept it off for over 30 years. I have not dieted in 30 years. I have not worked out consistently in 30 years at all. I don't like working out. What I have done is I have mastered my eating and my lifestyle, and I've done it all through programming and new behaviors subconsciously, so they just run automatically. I'm just running on autopilot like the rest of you, but my autopilot behaviors keep me at my goal weight, and it was not like this. I changed all of them. Okay, so it's a very strategic, systematic approach to changing how I live, how I think, how I eat so that I'm at my goal weight without having to think about it. So when I say my goal for you is to get to your goal weight and live the rest of your life at your goal weight on near autopilot, that on near autopilot is probably the most important piece because you do not want to have a life of counting calories. You don't have a life of like doing these extreme diets where you just have to focus on it 24 hours a day. Like, like that's not a good plan and it doesn't have, that's not the only way to do it, you know? So anyways, that's, that's how hypnosis, that's kind of a general sense of it, you know? How long does it typically take? I know it's a journey, but I'm definitely feeling impatient. Um, yeah, I get that Morgan, but what are you impatient about? You know, I, I, I love this conversation. I, I have this, I do have it every day actually, but like, what are you impatient about? You know, and I know why you're impatient because you think of like, you think about getting to your goal weight as the finish line. Right. Just a lifetime of diets have gotten us conditioned to think of like, yeah, getting to my goal weight, losing the weight. That's the finish line. It's not, folks. It's the starting line. Because how long do you want to stay at your goal weight for? How long do you want to keep the weight off for? Yeah, forever. Right. I can hear you. And so what's what's the rush? There's a great quote. I say it every day that most people overestimate how much weight they can lose in a month and underestimate how much weight they can lose in a year. Right. Your goal is based on that year number, not the month one. You've got to reorient yourself to stop. I always say like dieters think in terms of days, weeks, and months and weight masters think in terms of years, decades, and forever, right? So you have to think about this as a one, think about like college, right? I'm going to dedicate a year, two years, three years to mastering my weight, to mastering my thoughts, my lifestyle, my eating so that I can live at my goal weight for the rest of my life on near autopilot and then move on to other things and in the process become the best version of myself possible. That's another piece of the puzzle. You got to take your weight loss, wrap it in personal development. You can't make this just about losing weight. It's got to be about you becoming the best Morgan possible. Just the weight loss alone as a focus is never going to work, you know? Um, but how long does it typically take? I, I don't know. As long as it takes, you know? I, my, my favorite question to summarize is Tony Robbins used to always ask this question. He would say, you know, if you had a child, how long would you give them to learn how to walk? Right? How long would you let your kid practice walking until you said, yeah, you know what? You're done. You're cut off. You're never going to get it. You're done. Right? Now, it's a funny question because you don't think in that way when it comes to a kid walking. Right? When it comes to a kid walking, you just think about the outcome you want and how long it takes is irrelevant. Right? You're just so fixated on the outcome that, that it, the time frame doesn't matter. Well, I would suggest that that's probably a better mindset to have when it comes to your weight than putting this arbitrary timeline around it. 
you know? And then in closing on the, on the impatience thing is the people that are most impatient, I find interesting with all your impatience that you feel, my question to you is how much weight have you lost in the last six months? Right? As, as impatient as you are, how much weight have you lost in the last year? If you've lost a lot of weight, then keep doing what you're doing. But if you have not lost anything, if you haven't lost anything the last six months, the last year, or if you put weight on, do you think maybe that impatience is not helpful? Right? Maybe it's the impatience that's keeping you stuck. Uh, pizza tonight. <laughs> I am not eating pizza. I, I, I ate so much pizza Tuesday night. I thought I cured myself, but then I actually ate. <laughs> we had, it was so funny. I, I said Tuesday night, I went to bed early. And I was like, oh my God, I am, I'm done with pizza. Cause I got this pizza oven, you know, and um, it makes, it's crazy. It makes such good pizzas. It's nuts. So Halloween night, I made just seven pizzas. My, my son had friends. We have friends of all the restaurant. So um, I ate so much pizza. It was ridiculous. And I, I went to bed and I was like, oh, I think I'm good with pizza. I wake up the next day and there's like a couple pieces left. And I was like, I thought I was done with pizza. <laughs> I actually ate another one for, for lunch and stuff. But um, but I am actually good with pizza right now. I, I'm going to get myself a couple of weeks. So no, definitely not pizza tonight. <laughs> That's funny. Uh. Esther said, you're so funny and enthusiastic. I am. I, I'm fired up. I love I loved Fridays. And this week has been, this has been a hard week. For, not hard, but just a busy, busy week. It's been a busy couple months for me, to be honest. I broke my foot. I've been coaching soccer. I, I work with this nonprofit. I do a lot of stuff with them. Work's busy. And a lot of things are kind of calming down. Oh, schools, college. My daughter's going to college. We're looking at colleges. It's just been a really, really busy, challenging couple months. And uh, a lot of things are kind of wrapping up and it feels really good. And obviously the week's wrapping up. I love Friday nights. I love it. And so I'm excited about that. Um yeah, Shereen, it was great having you in the, in the coaching calls too. I meant to say it yesterday, I, but it, it was great. I'm glad you, you were able to get on those. That was fun getting to know you. Um, hey, I had a really great year. I was in a good mindset and weight, but my country is in a war and I started binging and gained about eight kilograms. Yeah, okay. So that is, that's the extreme of things, right? But but it, it brings up the point that, you know, I don't think in life you can just look at weight. You know, I, I in, in, in program yourself then, one of the sections we we have a maintenance section because believe it or not we actually start program yourself then starts as a maintenance program we start with your maintenance program on day one why because that's the goal the goal is not to lose weight the goal is to live at your goal weight forever on your autopilot so we start with a maintenance plan right from day one that being said part of that maintenance plan is how do you deal with times of stress they're going to come and when times of stress come um and this is an extreme when your country's at war uh yeah i would i would put I'm just telling you what I would do. So you, you obviously ever get to choose how they want to respond. When your country's at war, weight becomes a lot less important. And, and you, you put the weight to the side and you focus on, I don't, I don't know what you do when your country's at war. I, I've never been that. So I don't know what the answer is. But let's just simplify it a little bit so it's something I can understand. You, you know, you're about to move. Uh, there's a death in the family. You lose a job. You, you know, something big happens. Someone gets hurt stresses um the, the food shifts to the side and we focus in on how can i calm down and relax how can i recover myself um uh what can i do to kind of self-care wise you know and that becomes the main focus for a while you know and then once we kind of get ourselves built back up then we go back into the food all right um but i'm sorry for you and uh i, I can't imagine what that's like i did actually work with someone 
they lived in Bosnia and uh, it, I just can't even wrap my head around it. So I'm sorry you're dealing with that. Um, I don't know what to say. You know what I mean? Like, like when things get so intense, eating food almost seems like the right thing to do. You know, I, I know that's, you know what I mean? That's not what you want to hear, but who gives a shit? That's what I would be thinking. When really seriously extreme things, I'd probably be overeating. You know, I don't know what to tell you. I, I you know, it just, that's kind of what happens. I wish I had better answers for you. I'm sorry you're in that. Um, thank you, professor. <laughs> Vicky. Do now I can help myself. Um, yeah, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Don says, right, your, your mind's in fight or flight. You're in this this super activated sympathetic fight or flight nervous system. And so it's easy for me to say as much as you can, if there's any chance for you to do it, to bring yourself inwards and just kind of, you know, it, it becomes that safe space at least, at least if you imagine it, um, where you bring yourself into this place, even if it's for five minutes where you just shut out the world as best you can and bring yourself in here and relax your body, breathe more deeply, center your mind on your breath, quiet things down, you know? And I wish I, I had better solutions for you. Um, I don't know, stop the worst, stress me out, and I lost a friend, a lot of friends. Yeah, I, I don't know. It is awful. And so I can, I just, I feel it's awful. I, I wish I had better stuff for you. Um, trying hard when the world's full of hate, even though they know nothing about it. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, it's, like I said, there's just, there are real challenges, you know? And well, let me say this and bring it back into a context that, that'll, more people can relate to, is that we we can't, like like with the food and the eating and the weight, we can't always grade ourselves exactly the same. I have a client, she's one of my favorites, and she is a perfectionist, and she's a teacher at a very competitive school. And she will, you know, she'll have the summers off completely, like two, three months completely off. She can do anything she wants. And then the the end of the school year is just bonkers, right? It's just so much work. And so during that time where life's bonkers, her eating's not as good. She's not exercising as much. And she's like blaming herself and beating herself up about it. She goes, oh, in the summer, I'm able to do all this stuff perfectly. And I don't know what's going on here. It's like, well, what's going on? <laughs> Your life's upside down. You know what I mean? Compared to the summer, we had all this time and energy. And so I think we need to grade ourselves in context of the situation. I think that's really important. We can't just grade ourselves on an absolute level of how we should eat, you know, because there's contextual factors, right? I mean, obviously a war is the, the absolute extreme of it. But um, in, in just even in a regular normal life, there, there's work issues, there's relationship issues, there's health issues, there, there's all these different factors. And I think we ought to take those into account. We can't just, oh, I should always eat perfect. Yeah, I mean, I guess if that's what you want, but but if all of a sudden work, you have to work 80 hours that week. You know, well, your eating's probably gonna suffer a little bit, you know, if, if you've had insomnia all week. Like, you know, I mean, we've gotta take these things into account. It doesn't, you're not just like placating yourself. You're not just like letting things go. You're, you're being honest with yourself. You're honoring yourself. And then you're able to focus on what's gonna move you forward the quickest. And a lot of times it's not controlling the food, it's doing some self-care, you know? Cindy says, I'm not able to eat one cookie. It turns into two, three, four. I get that, Cindy. Um, but I'm just, and again, I, I'm not here to argue that point with you, but I am here to tell you that I have so many clients that come into me with that idea. And that's why we do the five, two model, five days of clean eating, two days of pleasure eating. Those two days, are, I mean, there's so much psychology packed. I'm not going to go through all of it now, but the, the pleasure eating, one big part of that is that you learn how to eat for pleasure. You learn how to eat cookies, whatever foods you like and not go wild with it. You will at first, but then you figure out how to eat them in a more moderated way. 
you know, and most people are able to do that. Some people are legit food addicts, but it is extremely rare. You know, it really is. Um, you're so inspiring. Thank you, Bird's Tale. Appreciate you saying that. Thank you so much. To be honest, that that is really helpful. I'm trying my best. Good job. Good job. Do you have a program that you work with? Work one on one. Um, I do, Celine. I it, it, it's 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 very expensive. But you know what? If you're if you're really serious, shoot me a message and we can talk. You know, considering your situation. Um, I mean, my program is is one where I work with you. I work with you one on one at a time in a group scenario. Okay. My, my private coaching is 25 grand. And I, I know that's expensive for a lot of people. I understand that. That's why I have a group program. It's a thousand dollars. Um, and it's eight weeks and I work with people twice a week and, um, I keep the group small. So I, I give you a lot of attention and coaching. Um, and then if it's one-on-one -on -one stuff you're looking for, shoot me a message if you're interested. Let me know your situation and we can talk because your situation is, is unique, obviously. Um, got to let go of the dates and numbers. I keep saying I want to be a certain weight by my birthday. Oh yeah, Morgan. I know I, I, someone, we were just talking about that the other day in the call, but it's like, right. I want to be a certain weight by, uh, I want to be a certain weight by Christmas. I got to lose this weight by summer. I'm going to get rid of this weight by March. Right. And it's like, we just go through the calendar constantly. Right. It's probably been decades of that. Um, but yeah, it's that, that way of thinking is a big part of the problem you know, obviously. But once you realize that, then you go to work on it. You say, well, I don't know, I feel patience. I get that, but you can develop patience. You know, that's what makes me crazy with this work emotionally is like people will be like, well, I don't know how to have patience. I don't know how to control my eating. I can't eat just one cookie. Well, yeah, you can't. I mean, it's like, again, I, I bring it back to like the piano. I never play, I can't play the piano. Well, yeah, I know, but you can learn. You can learn how to do it. You know, I always, people always like push back on this, but it's like, you have to learn, you have to learn how to be thin and healthy. You know, it's like this idea that you, people always say this, oh, I know what I got to do. I just got to get myself to do it. No, you have to learn how to get yourself to do it. You know, that's what you have to do. Um, and so <laughs> you don't know how to do it. You got to learn. You got to practice. No one ever thinks about, like, you got to practice to be thin and healthy. You got to practice being a good eater. You got to practice being patient. You got to develop these skill sets. Yeah, they're not in you. It's not because you can't be, just like the piano. Yeah, it's not yet because you haven't practiced it. But if you, if you practice for the next six months, guess what? You'll be able to play some piano, you know? And I get it. Like, I wouldn't have thought that. I, I Well, I play the guitar. I do yoga. I do, I do like, I'm so lucky for this because I I was, at 19, I was exposed to, uh, I don't know what you call them, like, like again, things. <laughs> guitar, yoga, martial arts, uh, meditation. These are paths of mastery, right? There, there is no... You never just, there's no finish line with it. You just keep improving again better. And so I approach my weight loss and my health and my personal development like this. It just, it keeps growing. Um, and so I don't, I never, again, this kind of goes back to the fixed growth mindset. If you don't know about fixed growth mindset, look it up. It's, it's interesting. Um, but yeah, it's the growth mindset of, yeah, I can't do that right now, but, but I, you know, if I keep at it, I'll be able to get myself to do it, you know? Um, but yeah, get rid of those dates and numbers for sure. Yeah, yeah. Don just, yeah, exactly. The game changer, right? It's so freeing. And you know why? Because it goes back to what I was saying. Even if you can stop focusing on the weight and start focusing on your behavior, if you get obsessed on your behavior, obsessed in a healthy way, okay? I want to make that clear. But uh, but obsessed like, like I want to eat well. I want to put healthy stuff in my body. I want to drink water. I want to get more. I don't want to overwhelm you with these. Again, you work up to them. You start with where you're at and build up. But I want to drink more water. I want to relax more. I want to meditate. I want to go for more walks. I want to move more. Um, I want to do all this different stuff. I want to get good at it and have it be part of my normal life. Um, it, it changes you, obviously, and it takes the focus out of just losing weight, you know? 
Um, yeah, it makes sense, right? Of course. Of course, of course. Yeah, all this stuff does. All right, everyone, I'm going to get out of here, but uh, go and, uh, if you can, go and get, get my hypnosis session. Go to my bio, click the link, get the hypnosis session, and um, watch the training. Watch the training I give you. That's the, that's the real, the gold. The hypnosis is great. You know, and I'll tell you, someone asked about hypnosis. I didn't get into this. Um, I want the inflammation to lessen. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. You know, that's a big thing. I, that's another thing about weight loss that I would have never known back in the day and that I know now is that much of my food decisions are way less about weight, you know, and they're much more about how I feel. I'm way more sensitive to the effects the food has on me. You know, so I know, I know uh, when, like if I eat, well, geez, even the pizza the night, like I, I felt bloated, you know, I, my, my stomach was kind of burning, I, like kind of indigestion a bit. I felt so full. My sleep wasn't as good as it normally was. So I'm very sensitive to the effects these foods have on me. Like never mind the weight, right? So a lot of what I do, I help people with is most people when they think about food, subconsciously you're focused on the anticipation of eating it and the consumption of eating it. So you, you think like whatever, ice cream, cookies, fast food, you, when you struggle with the cravings, it's because subconsciously you're imagining getting it and then eating it. That's the movie. And just thinking about the anticipation and consumption drives up the craving for it. But if you start training yourself to think, how will I feel five minutes after I finish eating it? That's the consequence phase. Now you think about the consequence. You say, oh, how, I don't want to put weight on. But your brain says, oh, who gives a shit? The weight's not going to come on for a couple of weeks. We'll just start our plan tomorrow. We'll be fine. Let's just eat the burgers tonight. You know what I mean? So we can't, it's not the consequence two weeks, a week, three weeks from now. It's too far away. It doesn't mean anything. That's called future discounting. It's a cognitive bias. Um, but if you start thinking, what's the consequence five minutes after I finish eating, that's close enough for your brain to say, Ugh. and the consequence that follows physical, mental, emotional consequence that follows whenever you eat something, you know, you don't want to eat junk food, fast food, you know, processed food, sugar, all that stuff. You know that. And especially if you want to lose weight. And so what's the consequence? Well, five minutes after you finish it, how do you feel mentally, right? Usually beating yourself up, being mean to yourself. Um, emotionally, how does it feel? You feel let down, discouraged, frustrated, annoyed with yourself. Um, physically, you might feel stuffed, right? You may feel kind of lethargic, tired, you know? And so as you start to subconsciously, this is a big thing that I like to help do my clients with, is I want to get you to subconsciously not just think about the anticipation and consumption of the food when you're thinking about whether I want to have it or not. I want you to also start thinking about the consequence because when you focus on that consequence that's five minutes after, the cravings start going down. And so now you're not just relying on willpower to stop yourself from eating it. You, you naturally kind of lower the cravings for it. You say, ah, eh, I don't want that. I don't want to feel that. So yeah, inflammation is a great thing to focus on as well because yeah, I feel inflamed. When I eat the wrong stuff, I definitely feel that way. Um, thanks for doing this. Going to listen to the session again today. Great job, Morgan. Make sure you watch the training too. Yeah, you too, Astrid. Have a great weekend. Have a nice time. Um, have a great day, night. I will. I'm going to have a great night tonight. I can't wait. Um, it's mostly about the inflammation, fatigue, and mood. Yeah, Cindy, great job. Again, the, the more, I'll tell you a little secret. The less you make it about the weight, the better, right? You, you really, in an ideal world, you want to make your motivation uh, not about the weight. You want to make the weight like a secondary or a side effect of what the main focus is. And so the way I like to describe this is make this a process about becoming the best version of you, right? Who's the best Cindy possible? What's, what's Cindy just firing on all cylinders, flowing in life, right? Just, just, just living life, just, just dealing with it the way you want to deal with it. Living life on your terms. Who's the best Cindy, right? And so we ask that question because that's, that's a big concept, right? That's kind of fun to think about. And one part of that best Cindy is your weight, but just one part. 
there's all these other qualities, right? You're more energized. You're, um, you have energy. Your moods are more balanced. Your um, body feels good. You're more comfortable. You're more mobile. You're more flexible. You're stronger, more energized, more able to kind of move and do things. Uh, your relationships improve because you're this version of yourself. Your ability to make more money, if that matters to you, improves because you have more energy and all these other things. Um, your ability to go on adventures. Whatever you value in life, whatever's important in your life right now, all gets better because of all because you're you're this best version of Cindy. And again, one piece of it's the weight. You see what I mean? So so this way of approaching it is way more motivating than just focusing on losing weight. You know, but focusing on this way also helps you to lose weight as well. But it's a way better approach to it. All right. So I think you're on the right track, Cindy. Okay. But but get on the complete right track and go watch the training I give you because it talks all about this stuff. All right. All right, everyone. Have a super day. Uh, again, uh, the podcast is Program Yourself Then. Uh, you can listen to it anywhere you want. Um, it's on all the platforms. I do on every every weekday. I'm usually, I'm here noon uh, Eastern. Uh, and it's been two weeks now. So I've been really, really happy with that. Is that Teresa? Is that Teresa um, that I see there? I eat food till I'm nearly full, not till I'm full and feel sick. Um, yes. All right, Teresa. All right. I was thinking about you because I'm about to, I was just getting ready to make a video uh, response to you. So um, I'm going to respond to that. So keep an eye out for that. I'll get that to you today. Um, yeah. Hazel said, I eat food till I think I'm nearly full, not till I'm full and feeling sick. That's great, Hazel. That's a great, great strategy. I always talk about it too. I know I got to get out of here, but um, it's, we, we in America have been trained. I just, I was talking about this yesterday and I didn't even use this exact phrase, but we have been conditioned to like our definition of eating enough is when we feel stuffed, right? When we're really, really full. And so uh, again, a big part of kind of managing your weight is learning that be eating enough is feeling satisfied, not feeling stuffed. So that, that's a great distinction, great distinction to, to realize. Um, Sophie says, oh my gosh, I've fallen off so badly, just nothing I want in the fridge. Yep. I get it, Sophie. That sucks. But um, listen, I got to get out of here. I'd love to. I would love to help you out with that. But the, the next best thing I can do is go to my bio, click the link, get the hypnosis session, listen to it. But more importantly, watch the training and then read the emails I send you every day. All right. All right, everyone. Thank you so much. Have a super day and we'll talk soon. Bye.